Thank you for joining us for the Lessons from First Naz podcast. A little something different. Instead of Pastor Cliff preaching, uh, we're going to hear another way that God works. Uh, earlier this summer, a group of almost 20 people from First Naz made their way to Central America, to the nation of Guatemala. And they went there not for a vacation. They used their vacation time and their vacation money, but they did not go for a vacation. They went so that they could share the good news of the gospel in believable ways with the people of Guatemala. Work and Witness is, uh, a, I don't want to say a program because it's so much more than that. It's a way of life in the Church of the Nazarene, where for the last 30-ish years, um, we have said missionary work is not just for people that are given the title of missionaries for every person who belongs to the Lord Jesus. And so it's a movement within our people whereby folks exactly like you decide that they're going to take some time with some other brothers and sisters from their local church, and they're going to find a project that they can work on somewhere else in this world. And while they're working, they get a chance to share the good news of God's love with other Christ followers in a foreign country, but also with the rest of the people in that community. And so this year, our Work and Witness project was led by Jim Gentry, but he has, like all good leaders, delegated some responsibility today, right? So Glenn Rotz is going to come along with most of the rest of the team, and they're going to share with us the good stuff that happened. But get this, it's not just stuff done by this team. Because as you give each week in the tithes and offerings, like when the ushers came just a few minutes ago, you help make it possible for this team to go. Because while they bought plane tickets and those kinds of things, you gave $10,000 to buy supplies for a building project in Guatemala. While they were traveling, while they were there on their return trip home, you were praying for their safety and for God to use them, but also for God to open their eyes because he's at work. And uh, there's something about being um, off-site that gives us this enhanced ability to see his hand at work. And that's, I think, the the bulk of what you're probably going to hear from the team today. You'll see pictures, you'll hear a little bit about bricks and mortar, but you're going to hear about how God opens eyes so that you get to see him at work. Let me do this. Let me pray for Glenn and for his team, okay? Lord Jesus, we want this to be more than a uh, report on what I did with my summer vacation. We need something more than a book report today. We want your spirit to come and anoint people here like you did when they were standing on Guatemalan soil, with courage, with hope, with clear love for you and for fellow man. I know some folks are nervous about speaking in front of a crowd today, but they love you, Lord. I just pray that you would grant them your peace. And grant us soft hearts so that we too can hear what your Spirit has to say to your church today. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. So, what you're going to hear today is uh, from the hearts of some of the people that went down to um, Guatemala. This, uh, this is the perfect group. Uh, I think three aren't here. Jim, and then Ken and Gina Getman. Did I miss anybody else? That's Okay. Um, Shay is supposed to be right now up at North Idaho College checking in, right? But he's here. Which is good, yeah. So, <clears throat> so as you listen to them, listen for these things, the Spirit of God working in their lives. 
listen for the worthwhileness of this project. Um, and don't listen for the worthwhileness of this project for the Guatemalans that we went to help, but for, for us. And uh, watch how uh, God's praised. Um, so I want to give you, first of all, a little overview that's where Puerto Barrios is in Guatemala, right there, right on the, um, right on the coast. We got to be right on the coast. Okay, so when when we start out, I want you to listen to this. This is pretty cool. This is Second Corinthians nine six through eleven. It says this. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, in all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, He has scattered abroad the gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. And we talked about that when we were down in Guatemala. I want to give you a little overview of uh, Guatemala. These are the project coordinators. Uh, Ricky Honey is the Director of Work and Witness Missions, and uh, Sue is going to talk about Ricky. Jim is our project coordinator here, and anybody who wants to can talk about Jim. And then <laughs> Philly, Filiberto Yat, Philly was our uh, on-site project coordinator for this. We're a fun-loving group. We like to see when we go places. Margie was our pirate for the day. The kids went, and they had some eye-opening experiences. And we had our own Lewis and Clark. Brian got a little butterfly on his cheek made out of concrete. And Ken and Gina, we had to watch them carefully. You see what I mean? They were negotiating a lot. And Gina found something in the bathroom down there. Uh, the girls learned some lesson. This was their instructor. And so, once the instruction happened, they went ahead and carried out their job. We got thirsty and hungry. Now, they feed the chickens, and they get the stove and the fire ready. Look at her right hand, and that was in the morning, and at lunch they ate chicken. We enjoyed working. And, of course, we had some hard workers, but we ran out of ladders. He was safe in just because he was balanced. He did a great job. And, of course, then we had our Tom Arnold look-alike. All right, now, we're going to have several people present. Um, Margie's going to present uh, one of the things that people wonder, is it worthwhile? So I want her to talk, and she's going to talk about the accountability portion. So, Margie? I apologize for reading my notes, but if you know me, I have uh, trouble staying focused. And so I will read, and I titled my talk, The Most Amazing Quetzal, otherwise known 
to Guatemalans as Q, or James Bond, also Q. Uh, as a novice to work and witness, I was all eyes and ears about how the group functions. One of the things that I noticed on a daily basis was the activity of the leaders regarding the expenditures for the project funds. At the end of the day, our coordinator, Ricky, and our contractor, Philly, would meet and go through the day's receipts, and this went on every evening. The Lord multiplied the funds times 7.8, as that was the exchange rate of the Quetzal for the dollar. The project money was spent to buy a tin roof to replace the old one, replace the ceiling tiles, paint and cement materials for the gate entrance repair, ceramic tile for the floor, bathroom floor, wall tiles, and toilets. During the project, it was felt that if we were going to finish the project in time, we needed more ladders to triple the labor effectiveness. And you saw Brant Theriot using the OSHA-approved ladder. And <laughs> so we went and bought the ladders. Because we had totally dismantled the superintendent's home, it was decided that since the Lord had provided, we would be able to put up the pastor and his family in a nice hotel for the duration of the construction. When the pastor's wife saw how much the hotel was, she felt that she would rather stay in a cheaper, less expensive hotel and use the remainder to buy a washing machine, and which we did. And that is what we did. Our coordinator took such good care of us, uh, of the team, in providing food and lodging. In Guatemala, the Lord multiplied your giving by 7.8%, because that is the exchange in Guatemala. Since I was a Spanish speaker, uh, I was able to communicate with the locals directly and very well. I had an opportunity to sit with the DS as he shared his testimony about travels into the rainforest to visit the outlying pastors. He would drive for hours until the road ended, and after the road ended, he would hike for five hours afterwards to reach these churches in the rainforest. Uh, on one occasion, he said, he slept in a child's hammock uh, by the kitchen uh, door, and the kitchen was open to the outside, so he slept in this little child's hammock as the pedestrians were walking by the road and the sidewalk. Uh, and that was the pastor's quarters during that time. He also share, shared that he only feared for his life once or twice. Once he gave a man a ride on, in his boat to get him across the lake. Halfway across the lake, the man began threatening him with one of the boat oars and swinging it at him. As the man was swinging the oar, he fell overboard. Well, if the man died the pastor would be accused of murder. So he began praying uh, in you, uh, the Psalm 121.1, I will lift my eyes to the hills. Where, my, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of the heaven and the earth. And uh, soon the man reached out from the water and grabbed onto the boat again, and the pastor brought him in. They reached land, and the man got off. A week later... As the pastor was preaching at another church, he was approached by a man, 
And he asked him, are you the man who helped me across the river? And the pastor said, yes, I am. And, um, okay, lost my space. Because he wanted to find that, that man to ask for forgiveness because when his wife found out what he had done, that he had threatened the pastor, she would not let him stay at home or feed him until he asked God and this man for forgiveness. The pastor said, yes, I am that man. This man asked for forgiveness, and God forgave him. As the pastor was sharing this testimony, <clears throat> he shared Psalm 121. The tears came as he was thanking and praising the Lord. My life will never be the same. And this is Margie speaking. This is how this testimony affected my life. My life will never be the same because this holy man of God shared his heart with me. And his congregation calls him because he's a superintendent, and in order not to get him confused with the other pastors, they call him super pastor. And I think that is right. I would like to share Psalm 121 with you. <clears throat> There's a black book in front of your uh, pew that's called the Bible, or... <laughs> Or you can use your Kindle Bible or your smartphone Bible. But I'm going to share, share it in Spanish, and I would like for you to follow it in English. Psalm 121. Alzaré mis ojos a los montes. ¿De dónde vendrá mi socorro? Mi socorro viene de Jehová, que hizo los cielos y la tierra. No dará tu pie al resbaladero, ni se dormirá el que te guarda. He aquí... No es adormecerá ni dormirá el que guarda a Israel. Jehová es tu guardador. Jehová es tu sombra a tu mano derecha. El sol no te fatigará de día ni la luna de noche. Jehová te guardará de todo mal. Él guardará tu alma. Jehová guardará tu salida y tu entrada desde ahora y para siempre. Amén. Sue was over there. She's back. Come on up, Sue. Sue's going to share about the, the pastors and the pastor, Ricky, and the churches. Um, you're also going to hear from the teens. It's going to be good. You're also going to hear Brian talking about the project itself. Uh, Mary's going to talk about worship that they had over there and uh, part of our worship. So, And then that way you know what's coming. Okay, I wrote some notes and now I can't read them. Um, but I just had, I wanted to tell you about Ricky. I was able to spend some time with her. Uh, she's our um, work and witness coordinator down there in Guatemala. Her husband also is. Uh, he was in Nicaragua at the time doing a mission project. So, Ricky and uh, Ruthie, who was a professor at the, at the college, and also Philly, guided our group patiently that week. And um, she, I just wanted to let you know um, that she, they, her and her husband came as volunteers. They're volunteers. And they have left their family, their friends, and it was really hard for her. They've left a successful business in Flagstaff, and they felt really called to the mission field. So they went down there for a year. Of course, after a year, they were asked to stay longer. So now they're staying longer. 
And I was able to spend some time with her because we were the people that went from store to store to find supplies and um, food supplies and also construction supplies. And in Guatemala, you do have to go from store to store. And so we had some time to spend together. And she shared the frustrations and the joys of their ministry. And it was a really special time to just be with her. But as I got back, and she had shared that it had been a really difficult year, but she said, God is faithful. And as I, when I got back home, I have been praying for her and her family, and the word that kept coming to me is faithfulness. And I am so thankful to God for their faithfulness, for giving up a comfort and going down there and helping others. And um, anyway, as I, as I was thinking about that faithfulness and, and God being faithful, uh, every time I kept praying about it, I said, I had a lesson to learn. And it's more of a reminder that God is faithful and that he wants me to ask him daily. I need to ask him daily to help me to be faithful in the task that he wants me to perform that day. He is guiding me, and I, he calls me to do a certain thing each day, and he wants me to be faithful. You know, I look around our church, and I am so thankful that you were faithful in prayer, faithful in giving time, faithful in giving money, and you were faithful in that, and you gave, and you gave to people you had never met so that they can know Jesus and know him as your Savior. And I just kept thinking, thank you, Lord, for a church that gives, for the faithfulness. And I just wanted to also say, Carolyn and Paul Wheelock are over there at the Children's Church now. But I wanted to just say publicly, thank you, Carolyn and Paul, for spending months in Haiti as volunteers. And I just think it's great to be able to, to see around the things that we need to do. And we all have a task to do. But remember the word, God is faithful and we need to be faithful to him. These are teens that are coming to talk. Uh, I want to show you uh, just a few slides that show you the Livingston Church. And this is the oldest church. Mary, help me out. The very first one down there, this church right here. And this is the pastor and his wife. And on Sunday afternoon, we took a boat ride to see them. And they showed us around their church. That's their church. And this is the church we went to on a Sunday morning. Jim greeting the congregation, and they provided an interpreter for the superintendent's sermon. All right. Um, God really showed himself to us in a lot of different ways while we were there. But one way that I really saw it was um, actually through thunderstorms. Um, you would be laying in bed at night asleep, and then all of a sudden your bed would start shaking. And um, yeah, it was really loud. <laughs> the thunder was. And um, it was just really cool, and you really realized how big and powerful uh, God really is. So that was cool for me. Oh, cool. 
Okay, one of my favorite parts was talking with all the other teenagers there. Um, even though they didn't really speak a lot of English and I only got a B in Spanish, um, <laughs> we were still able to like play charades kind of and talk with them. And we actually became really close. And on the first day, um, you saw a picture earlier, but one of the oldest sons came out with a little laptop and it was open to Google Translate. And so he would type something in and he would show it to us and we'd be like, oh yeah, and then we'd type in our response and then we'd show it and we talked like that for a lot of it and it helped a lot. We became close. And I also really enjoyed working, which was something I didn't think I would enjoy. <laughs> but I really liked to use the shovel, which sounds really weird, but it was really fun. And all the, the teenagers called me the Hulk and after a lot of uh, charades, I figured out it was because I look really small, but I work like a big man. So <laughs> that was kind of an awesome compliment, and it made my day. Huh? Uh, I'll name him. Okay. Um, on the very far... What, David? That side? <laughs> um, <laughs> that's Daniel. What's the next kid? <laughs> I don't remember him. Josh, yeah, duh. Okay, that's me, that's Megan, that's Adwin, and then the one hiding behind them is Hugo, but he had us call him something else. Anyway, then that one is, I don't know how to say his name, I think it was like Irwin? Irwin? Ir Irwin? <laughs> I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> and then what's his name? Carlos's son. It's his son. We just call him Carlos's son. Uh, one of the cool things that wasn't just with teens is um, they would have so little materials and things like that, but they could still get so much done. And I don't think anyone in America now can do concrete without a mixer. And that's what we did down there and it took forever. But learned how to work a little, and it was nice getting to communicate with them. She said what I was going to say. So... Um, it was nice being able to talk to them when I can't speak one bit of Spanish and getting points across. One of the things I want to say about the teens that so impressed me was that they connected really quick with the others. You know, a lot of times we're, we're there and we, we you know, we're, we've got a smile on our face, we greet and we talk, small talk, and we kind of separate, right? They are with them all day long while they're working, while they're eating, while they're playing, learning about each other. Again, they're like Facebook friends now, so it's they did a great job of what it says out there in the foyer about connecting. That's what they were doing. They made some great friends. And I want to share a funny story because we all know God's got a sense of humor, right? So Ash I need you. So for those that don't know, this is Ashley, my oldest daughter. And my wife and I have always said that we want to take our girls on every you know, mission trip that we can. So this is our first experience with taking um, our daughter. And so it was very exciting to see her experience all this you know, new stuff outside of this country. And um, one of the things, when you go into a country, you have to fill out immigration paperwork. And you know where this is going, right? <laughs> this is great. So we're coming back into L.A., and you only for every family, you only have to fill out one piece of paper, right? So not everybody in the family has to fill it out. So I filled it out for us, right? We get into L.A., we're waiting in line, and finally the guy calls us up, and so we go show him our passports and, and the, the paperwork, and he's looking at it, and he's like, all right, uh, husband and wife, you know? <laughs> and it took a minute for me to kind of process this. And Did you just say husband and wife? And I looked at Ashley, and her eyes are just like... 
uh, that's my dad. <laughs> and the guy just was like, oh, awkward. I'm, I'm so sorry. I mean, a beautiful young lady, older guy. This is L.A., you know? I mean, <laughs> I, thought it was, I thought it was super funny, but she's scarred for life now. But <laughs> Thanks. Brian's going to come up in a minute and talk about uh, the four projects that we did, but I wanted to give you a sort of a layout of the compound, you might say. Pretend this is the area. There was a, a yard-sized place, and it had uh, the district office, and you can see the house developing there. And... Uh, then the entrance, and that's the gate that you'll see them working on the... Uh, so all of those rooms there, the bedrooms, the living room, the kitchen, bathrooms, the entryway in the front, yellow in there, uh, those are the ones that we worked to uh, paint. And then these are the pictures. That's the front, the entrance, and that black gate you see there is the one that... the driveway that we worked on. District office building, and that's the house that we worked on. There's the pastor and his wife, and that's the pastor's father. And, of course, we had a little puppy around, a little bunny rabbit, and he, this is our favorite, the rooster. So Glenn said, dress Guatemalan, so I'm sporting this, this jersey, right? Yes, so I'm an unofficial Guatemalan national soccer player. Right? I'm just waiting for the phone call, saying, Brian, we need you. We need you to stop wearing our jersey. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> so... Uh, I'm talking about the, the work part of the work and witness, but before I get to that, I wanted to talk about the witness part, because this is how God spoke to me on this trip, in that I had a hard time thinking, well, how, how do I witness in a place where there's a language barrier, right? I could speak a little bit of Spanish. Um, I think I got to be in Spanish too, Ash, sorry, but it carries down. But I could speak a little bit, they could speak a little English, but still, that's not quite enough to, how do I share my faith that way? And uh, this is how God two areas that he showed to me on this trip. And the first one was uh, the nonverbal. The fact that I took my vacation, my time and money, and was there, present in front of them, serving them, working, playing, eating, going to church you know, with them, hanging out with them, just a smile on my face, um, a great attitude, uh, just those things that they can just see from me. And you know, while we were serving them with the different projects that you can tell that they were grateful in the in the uh, the prayers that the super pastor <laughs> would give. It was, I mean, there were long prayers. They were just passionate prayers. But it was always gracias padre or gracias uh, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for these people. You can hear it in his prayers, and they were very grateful that we would come down and, and do this for them. And not only you know the family or the people in that area, but the neighbors. They'd be walking by and saying. Well, who are these people? What are they doing there? And uh, so people were watching how we act and react to things. And so I think, you know, that mindset, just knowing that how I reacted and acted, that was a huge witness to others down there. On the verbal side, I was thinking, okay, how, how was I communicating verbally? And that played more here at home. I started thinking about it. And we talked about this in small group time that, you know, the weeks and months leading up to the trip, you know, we're, we're, some of us are making plans at work to take time off. And so it's, oh, what are you doing this year for vacation? Well, I'm going to Guatemala and doing this, this, and this. And they're like, wow, it's, it's kind of a running joke at work for me because every year they're like, okay, Brian, 
what exotic location you're going to, because they know that that's part of who I am to go serve, use my vacation to go to Ecuador or, or Madagascar or now in um, Guatemala. So they've, they've, they've learned that this is who I am, and so I'm able to share that with people. Uh, Ashley, we took her, I took you out of school to go get your passport. And you know, the students are like, well, why you got to, where are you going? You know, so, so she's able to say, oh, guess what? I'm going to do this. Um, and it just doesn't end at the end of that trip. Two weeks ago, I was in uh, Chicago for a conference. And during break time or dinner time, just casual conversation, I was able to say, oh, yeah, a couple weeks ago, I was in Guatemala doing this, this, and this. And it was just so easy just to, to bring that up and talk about what it is that we do. And to be a part of a group that does that, either internationally or even domestically, whether it be Seattle to Nicholsville to Homeless Shelter, The Rock in North Lewiston, Guatemala, I mean, everywhere, to be part of a, a group that uh, has a servant mindset that we go out is so incredible and it's so exciting to be a part of. It makes you want to go every time this is offered. Uh, like we said, Dean and I, each time that there's a call for work and witness, one of us wants to be on that list. We want to go because it is life-changing. And that's what we got to see in our daughter's life this time. We've got two more coming, so I'm excited to see what, what's going to happen next. So those are two things that, uh, that God spoke to me about on the witness part of it. So now the work part, um, just, you can just start the first slides at the house. You kind of heard we've had, uh, we went down for four main projects. Actually, it started out of three, and we threw in the fourth one as we were working because we, we wanted to do it all. We were like an extreme home makeover group. It was pretty exciting because you go, you go into this place, and it's, as they spoke about uh, Pastor Super and his family, Ricky was saying that they're, they're just such giving people that they, they are passionate about their call, serving the Atlantic region. But the place that they lived in had so much dirt from the, the local road right in front of them. It was a very high, high, um, high traffic area, so a lot of dirt and dust coming into the house. You know, with the rain, like Megan spoke about it, we were in the rainy season, so it just dumped. And so they had mold growing in the house, and so they were constantly getting sick. And as you know, if you're sick, it's, it's hard to think of anything else other than just trying to get better. And so the place they were living in wasn't a place suitable to live in. So our goal, our mission, with your help, was to, to send that money, and like Pastor said, to fix this house up to make it uh, not only presentable, because they bring in dignitaries and missionaries to, to, to this area, to their house, but to actually just live in, just to be able to live and feel um, that I can... I can do this without getting sick. And so one of the first things we did was, uh, we, like we mentioned, is put a roof on. had an old tin roof that was leaking, getting mold all over in the house. And so we ripped, first day was ripped the old roof off, put a new tin roof on it, make sure everything was sealed and covered. The next thing was uh, the concrete driveway. And the driveway comes uh, kind of goes into their gated compound and back down, kind of up and down ramp. And so when it rains, the water just kind of flows right into their house and their yard. It makes a muddy mess, and it's hard to get in and out of. So what they wanted to be able to do is build this concrete ramp in and down and have it contoured so the water would come in and just roll off and kind of come back out into the street so it it, it wouldn't go into their house. And so, like Shay said, the concrete work, we were the, the mixers. We threw the sand on the ground and then the cement, and then the rock, and poured water on it, and, and just kind of sat there <laughs> until it was workable. And then take wheelbarrows or buckets, fill them up, and then start dumping them. I mean, it was, it was very uh, labor-intensive, but again, uh, with the help of, um, we called them our honeybees, because Ashley and Megan were on the work site for that, and it's amazing how many other workers, <laughs> teens, Guys came around to help work out, and uh, so we were like, "Way to go!" Um, 
But we yeah, make this big circle and mix it. That was the second project, was the cement driveway. And then third was the suspended ceiling. As you saw earlier, uh, the group went in and ripped out the original suspended ceiling, which it just had dirt and mold. And I mean, every day I was thanking God that I was outside on the cement work because when they went inside to pull that out, you had like a white shirt at the beginning of the day. The end of the day, he came out head to toe black. It was just sweat and grime. It was just like, I'm glad I'm outside. And, you know, I, I was outside in the sun. It was, it was great. But you can see the, the moisture on the camera. I mean, it was just humid, so humid, because we're right on the Caribbean. And so the, you know, good Pacific Northwest guy like me, dry heat, no humidity. It's, it was just heat and humidity there, so that was tough. But we ripped that ceiling down, get all that, that mold and dirt out of there, and then put in a brand new um, suspended ceiling, the, 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 the structure, new, new tiles in all of the rooms. And as we're doing all this, we're like, well, this is great, but boy, the walls sure seem kind of dirty and dungy. We'd really like to paint this. So we added that as a fourth project. <clears throat> and they went out and bought a bunch of paint. It's a yeah, pretty color of green. I guess they call it Guatemala green. It's, that doesn't matter because it, it looked bright and clean, and it just gave the house a you know, positive energy that they come in, that this is their home, that they can be rest assured that you know, they're not going to get sick. At the end of each day, we were just, I mean, like, again, we were just head to toe muddy, sweaty, uh, dirty, and we just jumped in the back of the pickup, and that's how they commute down there. They just jump on the back of a car and ride around, and so I, I'm sure we got quite a few looks as we're driving around town with our bandanas and, and mud splashing up on us, but it, it, was, it was a great experience about helping these people out. So those were our four projects, uh, the roof, concrete, suspended ceiling, paint, yes. I was going to go somewhere else, and I just totally got sidetracked. Um, and then we spoke, I was going to talk about that's what I was going to talk about. You spoke about the, the washing machine. They did everything by hand, right? So not only were they able to get this washing machine, which you need to talk to Jim about this because it's, it's a hilarious story about how they went from store to store trying to negotiate best price, and it was hilarious. But they got the washing machine, and rest assured, it wasn't just for them. It was for the community, for the area, because nobody has one, so you know others are going to be coming over and using it. Um, it looked like they were going to put it in their kitchen. I mean, there's not a lot of areas to put it, but um, everything's open. But that's the kind of people they are. Just They give and give and give. And so the money that you gave uh, transcended to getting that washer to give the community, to the community, which was, which was incredible. So um, thank you for letting us go. And, um, for, and they thank you, too, again, for this house that they have. They are very excited for it. Mary's going Mary's to talk about uh, worship. I was just looking at the time, and I know there's lots more things to be said, too. Um, so I'm going to be real short. But um, the thing that uh, everybody said, it starts with a seed, and our missionary council set aside money and worked towards that to build that, um, that pot of money so that, you know, and your tithes built into that. And then a project, and we've been praying about which project. So this was the chosen one. And then many of you were prayer partners for team members here and for the work that was there. And one of our ladies, Ursula, hand-wrote every team member a poem uh, to express your support. And I just would like to read this. Dear team, as an extension of our congregation, you traveled far because you are a working witness 
and bright shining stars. You are the witness of God's love for all and oh so special to answer his call. Should the burden become heavy and should you feel distraught, remember Jesus cares and loves you a lot. And this little note you are holding close will act as a reminder of the prayer pal you chose. We pray for your safety, health, and fellowship, but most of all, we send God's love with you during our trip. And she signed it first, Naz. Um, I just thought, though, it takes all of us to do these kind of things. And I don't know how long it took her to individually write one of these to each of us, but that was her way of praying for each of us that went, and then for her to pray for our safety and our health and all those things, as did all of you. We were so protected while we were there in in many ways. Um, A song came to me also uh, to express, like when you heard Margie read the scripture in Spanish, how blessed were you, right? You're trying to listen to it, and you're trying to read it and interpret it. But um, the thing that God does so well is he takes a language barrier and takes his Holy Spirit and then breathes all over all of us so that our hearts can join together and worship and exalt God and give him the praise that, like our worship song talk about today. If you would put yourself in a moment where you felt the presence of Jesus, whether it's this morning or another worship service, and you felt that communion with God. This is a church service that we were privileged to join in on. There were other teams, not Nazarene teams, but other church teams going to villages and doing Bible schools. And there's staff there of the people that took care of our rooms and different things, but we got to join with them and lift our hands and praise to God in worship service. Do you have that other picture of the lady? Um, You could see, oh, I guess that's it right there, but you could see the look on different people's faces and your heart would join in Christian love, and there was no barrier. Like, we might not have known all the words, and they might not have known our language, but there's no barrier or language barrier with God. And in all the worship services, whether we were at church or this one, or working at the site, you felt like, oh, how am I going to say this? How can I get this across? But God always provided, you know, his heart, and we do. It was amazing. So the witness was different than I had expected it, because this was my first trip. But the witness was watching and witnessing God's working in many situations. I didn't mention Shirley earlier. Shirley uh, came to me last Sunday. She says, I know what I want to talk about. Shirley uh, was just inspired to share what she's going to share. Thank you, everyone, for your patience and this opportunity. Um, I'm going to do a show and tell. What I wanted to, to share with, because what really... Go ahead and and set them down. And uh, inspired me were the people that I went with. This is only my second work and witness trip, but I never saw a more cohesive, more loving, more get in there and and let's get it done group. And and so it was a privilege to get to to be a part of that. Um, What what hit me last weekend was in, in thinking about each member 
who they reminded me of. So I'm, I want to go through the members, and, and, and I appreciate your letting me do this. Jim Gentry, our fearless leader, never knew when to stop. Like Peter, he was our rock. Uh, he kept us grounded and on track. He was an inspiration and a role model. But there's two things I'll remember most. One was the paper airplanes you saw up on the video that he shared with the kids, and periodically he'd uh, fly one through a room. The second was the day he and I were cleaning our shoes at the dock in Livingston. Uh, you'll have to ask him for the rest of that story, but it's a good one. It's a doozy. The bottle of water reminds me of Sue Gentry. She was our Mary, the sister of Martha, as she gently poured water over dirty hands, sweating heads, and filthy legs of whoever needed it. As a dear friend, ally, and rescuer, Sue was always there, everything from fixing lunches and refreshments to working alongside of us and restoring our souls. She could multitask so well, I thought she was twins. The broom reminds me of Julie, reminds me of Julie Burke, because like the lady in the parable who used her broom to find lost treasure, Julie used her broom and her paintbrush to find treasures beneath the dust, the cobwebs on the ceilings, walls and floors. She willingly went wherever she was needed. And I'll always remember her for her willingness to do whatever was asked without question. The apple and the orange remind me of Marge. Marge looked after the flock with a deep love and devotion. She was our Mary Magdalene. We were well-fed, hydrated, and tended to, whatever the need was. However, I also remember the day that Marge fell, and she was the one that needed tending to. After the nurse at the compound checked Margie over and spoke with her, Margie said the nurse told her she could go out and party that evening. We, of course, were skeptical of what the nurse really said to Marge. For you see, they were speaking Spanish, and only Margie knows what the nurse really said. The paintbrush reminds me of Debbie Thoreau. She was our Deborah. And in the Bible, you remember that Deborah was the one that uh, summoned the general and provided the guidance to defeat the Canaanite king in, in the book of Judges. It was through Deborah's inspiration and leadership that the Israelites persevered and found success against all odds. Debbie conquered her surroundings with her paintbrush. She brought the walls to life, and it was a pleasure to work with Debbie and Brent, from painting to sweeping to carrying heavy loads to making sure we were all hydrated. Arms loaded with tiles, she was always doing something constructive, sometimes even with green paint dotting her cheeks. The box of detergent reminds me of Brent Thoreau, who obviously worked harder than the rest of his, because rest of us, because his clothes constantly won the Who's the Dirtiest at the End of the Day Award. Brent was our Joshua. Like Joshua, Brent went to another land to find promise and settled into his role with God-inspired abilities. He did so with a gentle smile and an easygoing nature that made me realize just how he was able to keep up his strength day after day. The sandal reminds me of Gina Getman. She was always on her toes, and like Ruth, who followed Naomi, her mother-in-law, to a foreign land, Gina followed Ken to a foreign land to help people in need according to the will of God. I don't think there was a room in that house that she didn't work on. Her sense of humor and strength saw her and others through many arduous moments. However, I will always remember the night it was pitch black inside and out, 
and she didn't have her sandals on when she went to the restroom. She came into direct contact with a very black, very large spider. You saw one earlier up on the, on the video. That spider was no exaggeration. Ask her about it. It's, it's, an, it's a good story. The bag of candy and toys reminds me of Ken. Like the disciples, Ken was right there doing God's work. Whatever the job called for, Ken willingly did it. In Luke, the disciples were sent out two by two to do God's work. When they returned to Jesus that day, when they returned to Jesus, he asked them to feed the multitude. The bag of candy and toys that Ken helped hand out impacted more than 100 children and influenced their parents, extended families, and many friends as well. Brian Johnson was our Joseph. His amazing aptitude to read a situation and see what needed to be done was inspiring. He could go from one job to another, assigning tasks, coordinating work, and leading others with his willingness to get in and get the job done. It was a pleasure to work with such a dedicated individual. The soccer, oops, soccer ball reminds me of Brian because as hard as he worked, he found time to inspire the children through play. The gloves remind me of Ed Benjamin. Ed was our Paul. He was the quiet one that I remember for his strength and determination. A leader whose sound advice and ability to see what needed to be done was a help to us all. He lent a hand when needed and led by example, always with a smile. Thank you, Ed, for celebrating your birthday with me in Guatemala. Like Samson, Mac Manu's gentleness was combined with strength. With his crowbar in hand, Mac used his strength and devotion to do amazing things. Roofs and ceilings do not go up or stay up by themselves. We had Mac who installed braces, sheet metal, framing, and wiring. The day we were told the roof was to be done in one day, we all stood there in disbelief. However, it was Mac that helped to make that a reality. Because of him and others like him, the rest of us saw ceiling, ceilings magically appear right before our eyes, where nothing but dirt, dust, decay, and sky had stood before. Mary was our Martha, sister to Mary. Her headlamp attached, lighting the way for her talented hands to continue working when electricity was unavailable. We lost electricity twice that week, one afternoon and... And for the better part of one day, if I remember right. Anyway, I remember watching Mary, if you got that video or not, at the top of a ladder, in the dark, headlight on her head, painting the edging between the ceiling and the wall, uh, when there was virtually no light to do that. To the very last day, last hour, and last few minutes, you could see her tirelessly working to complete the task she felt needed to be done. And then there's Glenn. I had the privilege of working with Glenn on a previous project, and this project was no exception. Glenn was our Barnabas. Like Barnabas, Glenn sought God first in all things, and he graciously and boldly shared his knowledge with others at daily devotions and throughout the day. His diligence and fortitude were endless and were evenly balanced by his joy in life, and he shared that joy with all who were around. You all remember the Itsy Bitsy Spider? Glid knows more versions of anybody that I have ever met, and he shared that with us. So it, it was a pleasure to have him there. Uh, never a day, nary a moment went by that he wasn't making someone laugh or smile. He put as much effort, energy, and gusto into the work that he did as he did into the lives of others that he touched. Megan and Ashley, theirs is the shovel and the bucket. In the last part of Isaiah, chapter 11, verse 6, it says, and the little children shall lead them, when, when it talks about the animals laying down. 
With a shovel and the bucket in hand, it took no time at all for them to dig right in, shoveling dirt, rock, and concrete. It's hard work for anybody that's done it. Absolutely, I just blew me away. They painted walls, and they did whatever needed to be done. They put me and others to shame with their energy, their enthusiasm, and their dedication. And so I was, I was very proud to have them along. It was awesome. Do you remember how David slew Goliath? We had our own David. His name was Shay. And his uh, weapon of choice was the hammer. With one blow, he could loose, let's see what it is. He could loose the sturdiest of braced two by four boards. With two blows, he could bring down two or three of those nailed together. With three blows, you needed to stand back because he could bring down a whole section of ceiling. And it was amazing to watch him. I want to thank Megan, Ashley, and Shay for their commitment and dedication to God's calling for they inspired me and many others to do our best. We all need to keep in mind what it says in Matthew 19.14, which I think was quoted earlier, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And that was worth repeating. Finally, there was Shirley. I think of Jonah when I think of me, because even though I have a strong desire to follow God's will, God sometimes has to drag me through the belly of a whale to get his point across. It's going to add something else to this, and since I didn't write it down, it's obviously escaped me. Um, I just want to leave you guys with this thought to always remember that if you think nobody's watching your actions, somebody's always watching. Thank you. Uh, thank you for honoring us by listening. Um, just to wrap things up, one of the amazing things to me was to go down to Guatemala with a North American mindset that I'm going to uh, accomplish projects. It was nerve-wracking to think I might not get a project done. We wanted to stay longer, work more to accomplish the projects. The project, though, wasn't to get things done. It was to go to Guatemala. And it wasn't even necessarily for the people down there. I think part of what work and witness genius is, is that we get witnessed to by the people that we go see. It's a relational thing. It's not a project thing. Should you go on a work and witness mission? Yeah, you should. Uh, what's the right one to go on? There's a good question because this group, God had it all planned out. Uh, every person uh, to go was meant to go. And there were several signed up to go that couldn't, but God knew that. So yeah, you definitely need to do a work and witness mission. But think about this. All the excitement that you heard today, all of the questions you might have and all the stories that you want to ask and all the fun we seem to be having. Why did it take going to Guatemala to do that? Uh, what's wrong with doing that right here? Do we need to go across the ocean? Do you know the district or the general superintendents set North America as a mission project a few years ago? And I wonder why. Um, we talked about in Sunday school this morning about where the action is happening in the Nazarene church is where it's really dirty. It's in the foreign countries. So why not here? And again, the question is, so why not here? Take a front row seat with God. L let him show you how he works. And uh, first of all, you need to enjoy the ride. And second of all, bottom line, just like we heard in the scripture earlier, God gets praised. Team, we're proud of you. Thank you so much for going. Know that we, we're proud of you. Know that we love you. And know that next time some of us are going with you. Okay? Stand with me. Let's pray. Gracious God, thank you so much for a great day in your house. Thank you for allowing us all together to be a part of a mission to Guatemala. Uh, 
Some prayed, some gave, some went. All for your praise, Lord Jesus, for the good of the people of, of Guatemala and for our people as well. We're listening. Where will you call us next? Where you lead us, we will go with joy in our hearts. In your name we pray. Amen.